eagles don't get too much time to lick their wounds, or lick their wings as the instance may call. They go right into Dallas this week for a rematch. Off that loss to the Niners, will we see a shakeup atop the NFC standings? The beginning of the season, Buffalo, Kansas City. We thought these two teams were elite. But now Buffalo fights to get out of the penthouse known as Fraudulentville. Can Kansas City bounce back? My Colts have been on a little bit of a hot streak. Here we are. Maybe Cleveland will give us a favor for screwing us over earlier in the season. We can get by these limping but hot Bengals and take back first place. Oh, the NFC South. Every week, another day, another leader. Atlanta Buccaneers. Whoever wins takes the top spot, but will it be for good? All that and more as Sunday Scares with Bucks Me breaks down the latest in the playoff picture. We're back, baby, and we're ready to roll. Playoffs! Oh, it feels good to be back week 14. Playoff implications and fun galore. Injuries, quarterbacks, up and down, insanity. Nutmeg, how are we doing today? I'm feeling fine, sir. I'm feeling fine. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you too, guys, but I am back excited to see the fun. That's just, it's, it's insanity right now. This week could do a lot for some teams. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, playoff storylines right uh for for week 14 and uh i'm excited to start cracking them open with you but we have to start off with the crown jewel of the week and that is the battle for the nfc east and of course of course the niners were <laughs> were to win last week against the eagles to make this game a true battle for first place it would deadlock their season series uh and put them completely square and top the nfc east so what, what do you think of Philly's chances? Now they beat the Dallas the first time, but coming off this, this game where they really got exposed in a lot of ways against San Francisco, how do you think they're going to fare against Dallas round two? This game is quite interesting. If you had told me this is how it, it was going to be come week 14, I would have been like, nah. I would have like, no way. Eagles are just too strong. I've, I just didn't think where we're at now the eagles kind of seem like a shell of their former selves right now mm -hmm. you know there's just like you can't you i don't want to say you can't trust them but it just nothing nothing seems like it flows they're just they just seem off and right now if dallas is going to take this division they have to win this game dallas is rolling and you know a lot of people have said you know dallas's schedule has been okay you know, they've done what they've supposed to do. They beat the teams they're supposed to. They've had a little, some hiccups here and there. But for them to truly cement themselves as as a possible NFC representative in the Super Bowl, they've got to be Philly. This is the game. Do you think how, how much of it is just based on pure tangible-ness? Tangible-ness, <laughs> if that's the word, <laughs> um, ver versus a uh, mental block, like be beating Philly to prove themselves that they belong in the conversation. Dallas has the talent. Like, we, you can't argue it. Dallas has talent up and down the roster. It's whether they can they can do it. It's what they just have to go and do it. 
Like at this point, there's no, well, they're almost there. They're missing a piece. This team roster wise is as elite as there is in the league, especially on the defensive end. There's no excuse for them not to win this game. If they don't, then yeah, Philly's living in that, living in that Dallas head rent free and it is what it is. So this is a game that Dallas needs. Oh, do you think so after that kind of barn burner type of shoot? I mean, it started off pretty embarrassing and Seattle got back into it. But as the game went along, it was really kind of a little, little more back and forth. And after that game, Dak Prescott was getting a lot of MVP chatter. Uh, do, do you think that's a legitimate argument or do you think that's just cow- the typical Cowboys, we damn boys hype? <laughs> no, Dak is, this is the best Dak has played in the league since he's been in the league. Let's be honest. Dak has played really well. So no, it's deserved. But I think if you're really going to catapult him into that conversation, he's got to beat Philly. You know, it's easy to beat the, the teams you're supposed to and put up those stats. You know, that's easy to do. He needs to beat the elite teams. And if he wants an MVP, this is the game. This is the game. He beats them and he plays well. He's in that conversation. What What do you think was the most exposed part about Philadelphia in that Niners game? What, 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 what weaknesses did they show that are the most glaring? It seemed like the run game, they've gotten away from the run game. The run game just didn't see like it seemed like it was there, like it was earlier in the season. And I, I don't know. It just seems like there's something up with Jalen. I just I it's weird to watch him. And you know, it's like he'll have a couple series where it looks like he's throwing the ball, but then, you know, the next series after that, it's just three and out. It's there's just something that's not there. I don't know if he's just physically, if he's just not there, if he needs to rest up, you know. Maybe it's a situation where if they some, you know, and you don't want to say it this way, but at this point you have to. If they somehow beat the Cowboys, then you know maybe you give them, give them, try to give them as much rest as possible because you need a healthy Jalen in the playoffs. If he goes in limping, they're not going to make it. They they won't win, you know. And I just feel that the run game has been off. And they're just beaten tired, you know. It's one of those things where – and it's also mental, I think, for them too. You know, they've been the you know the favorite, you know, in the NFC. And, you know, it was – you're winning the close games. You're pulling the games out. Sooner or later, you're not going to pull – you're going to lose a game. And I think they just need to kind of sit back and get back to what they do, try to run the ball, and just keep it simple. If, if anyone hits DeAndre Swift like the Niners did, I feel like he might be okay with the Eagles forgetting about the run game. <laughs> let, him, let him avoid the abuse. <laughs> like, seriously, like, he he took a whipping, and it was just like, all right, they're just tired. They've, you know, they've played well, you know, but you can't, you're not going to, It's it reminded me of the Vikings last year where they were pulling out those one, you know, those one score victories, like barely winning, you know, just pulling these out at the last minute. Sooner or later that ends and you've got to be able to bounce back. So now we're going to see the mental makeup of this team. Can they say, okay, fine. You know, we took a whooping because usually they've been the ones who've been doing the whipping. Now we've got to handle Dallas. Can they mentally get up for that and say, all right, let's do it because it's two weeks in a row where they get handled the fear of playing Philly is no more. What what's a um, 
more roadblock as far as like it, I, I don't want to just simply ask you to pick the game, but mm -hmm. is it a, is it a worse is it a worse thing for Philly to have these holes exposed and trying to come back, uh, making themselves whole again? Or is it a worse thing with Dallas dealing all, with all this pressure? Everyone's talking about them. Everyone's talking about Dak. The Weedem boys are out and about in full force. Which, which one's worse as these teams try to kind of capture this? I, I want to say it's almost worse for Philly. If, I, if I'm a Philly fan, I would have rather have got have lost – earlier in the season like this and kind of work our way back kind of like the 49ers you know we had that point when we were like i don't know you know they had lost they had went on a losing streak we didn't know if they were going to bounce back if they were going to be that team that was going to basically handle the eagles because we felt the niners and the eagles were the two best teams in the nfc so we figured they were on a collision course now the niners have all of a sudden flipped it around and they look like the dominant team we thought they were. The Eagles now have to sit there and say, okay, these are our holes. We've got to fix them, and we got to fix them quick because it's week 14. You only got a couple more weeks, and then the playoffs hit. If this is where you are where you start to dive in the – you know, you start to nose, nose dive, that's not good. And all these other teams are starting to pick it up. You're ripe for the picking. Now – I'll ask you who you think is going to win. I'll give you the line. Dallas is a three and a half point favorite. So mm -hmm. if we if we think like okay, where where's where's Vegas trying to push this? You think like they want people to get on Philly because like three and a half. There's no way this is a field goal game. Tops this is going to be super close. Mm -hmm. They want people to pile on Philly, so that means Dallas is going to win by a touchdown or more. Who do you right. got? I can't believe I'm going to say it, but I got Dallas. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm going to go with Dallas. I just think right now they're, they're starting to click. Um, they've produced at all aspects of the game, and Philly's licking their wounds. If Dallas gets off to a hot start, I don't think Philly can come back. Right now, Philly, I don't believe, is built to come back from behind. They're, for some reason, they just aren't showing that, that ability. And with that Dallas defense, they're going to smell blood in the water, especially if Jalen isn't 100%. So, no, I'm, I'm taking Dallas. Of course, this is the Sunday night game. So, unfortunately, our audience will have to wait until bright and early Monday morning to hear your uh, your, your, your To hear, dang, I was wrong again. <laughs> Don't bet your house on my on my picks. Yeah. So Well, but, if you're wrong, you get to tear Dak a new one. And, you know, that's fun, too. Yeah, that's true. I get to, you know, take it out on the, on the Dallas fans and be like, that's it. One and done. One and done. You had me. That's right. <laughs> um, they don't call him Bucks McStar. <laughs> um, no. Nope. So the next game, we're gonna have some fun with this one because they are your. Uh, uh, can, uh, can, can, can I can can I get a fraudulent? Can I get a fraudulent? Fraudulent. <laughs> the Bills head into Arrowhead this week, and it's only the key, Chiefs are only favored by one. Uh, so the Bills are coming off fresh, coming in fresh off the bye week. The Chiefs are definitely licking their wounds a little bit. They had an uh, opportunity to hold on to the number one seed last week, and they lost to the Packers. Um, so, <laughs> and, you know, this is, and, and Kelsey really wasn't a, much of a factor in that game. So, you know, now the, the kind of crows are come home to roost, if that's the expression. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, and not, 
Patrick not developing a relationship with his other receivers is really starting to hurt because, you know, you take Kelsey out. Now now they look pretty average. So this one, it's funny because this game, we're used to them battling each other in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And we figured they would still be two top teams going into this year. So right now, we look at this game and we think, I kind of like a, a one-point spread is almost makes a lot of sense because it's really almost a pick them. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in either one of them. No, I don't. After after last week with Kansas City, no, no one is scared. No one's scared of Kansas City anymore. I believe that aura of, oh, here comes Kansas City. I believe teams can honestly say, no, we can we can beat them because they're one-dimensional now. Pachanko's out this week. He's out with a shoulder injury. So you're telling me Clyde, Mr. Clyde is going to all of a sudden show up and rub bust for 120, 25 yards? He's been on the bench, you know. I was going to say, when he's barely been used this year. <laughs> you know, like, seriously. So now you've got that. Yeah, Kelsey non-existent, non-existent. And you know people are like, well, if he wasn't dating Taylor Swift, this wouldn't be happening and all this. And no, you know, I think it's a situation where, you know, teams – honestly have been able to kind of say, okay, this is what we have to do. Kelsey's the guy who makes that offense run. And they've been able to kind of, you know, keep them off to keep them off to the side. Plus you got guys who can't catch the ball, period. So like let, let's be honest. The Chiefs are not what they are, what they were. And everyone with the narrative of Patrick can make anybody great. Yeah. Well, ask a lot of those wide receivers. They're not great. I don't think they're making Pro Bowls this year. No. And this yeah. one is going to be front and center for for on display for America because I'm sure between the two the star power of the two teams the rivalry mm-hmm. that's been in place between them I'm sure this is going to be on national air plus plus oh. of course you throw in the advent of Taylor Swift <laughs> exactly and now Buffalo has to sit there and say all right we have to win this game if Buffalo loses this game oh, no. the season the this, this season's done like. They, they would have to fall their way into the playoffs, and they'd probably be a one-and-done. So at this point, from this point to the end of the season, every game's a must-win for Buffalo. So they match up well. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say Buffalo doesn't have a chance, but it's all going to come down to the Chiefs' defense. If the Chiefs' defense can can hold Josh Allen, you know, have him, you know, throw a couple picks, then, you know, you could be looking at a, a 21 18 game maybe you know what i think a lot of it is i don't even know if it's so much i mean obviously if they get turnovers that would be amazing but i don't Mm -hmm. know if they necessarily need to i think they just need to make him one-dimensional because josh allen is going to just do helter skelter reckless josh allen type of play and if and and at some point and you know you might he might play a clean game up until halfway through the fourth quarter, and then he starts rushing it, and then that's when you put the game away. So Kansas City might just have to keep this neck and neck. No, and that's and that's true, and that's and that is the thing. Josh is going to have to sit there and say, you know what, I've got to play smart because the Chiefs' secondary is great, they're legit, and their defense as a whole is solid. So he's going to have to sit there and maybe slide a couple more times, run out of bounds, not try to lower the shoulder and plow through some guys. <laughs> and the wide receiver, like Gabe Davis, is going to have to show up. He's going to have to show up. You know, he's a receiver who, who one 
game will have three touchdowns, and all of a sudden you're thinking he's he's the guy now. He's going to explode into superstardom, and then you don't hear from him for four weeks. Yeah, you know, Kincaid, you know, is going to have to you know ball out a bit. It's going to have to be a total team effort from these guys, and Josh is going to have to spread the ball around. Yeah, we, we we always we talk about receivers on Kansas City stepping up. Gabe Davis was supposed to be a legit kind of alternate sub and pro bowler type of player, and he's he's been very very disappearing this year. He he showed skills, especially last year, where he thought maybe this guy could be a bona fide. He could be a one B. You know, kind of like kind of like Cincinnati, where you got Chase. And then you got Higgins where you're like, all right, you know, 1B, this is the guy. And if, you know, left, if he left to go to another team, he'd be a number one somewhere. You can't trust him. You can't trust him at all. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be, it's going to come down to who makes, who makes the mistake last, you know, but both teams need these games. Kansas City needs it, I think, for more of a mental situation to kind of get themselves back to knowing that, you know, they're an elite team. Because if they lose this game, all bets are off. And anyone who goes to Kansas City or Kansas City comes to their house, there's no fear. And Baltimore and um, excuse me, Buffalo's just playing for their lives. Which team is a more flawed team? And does your answer dictate the other team is your pick one game? <sighs> flawed. Wow. <laughs> if you look at both teams, the more complete team, honestly, I think it's Buffalo. Because, they're honestly, their receivers catch balls. Let's be realistic. Their receivers can catch. That's, let's be realistic. If, if you look at Kansas City season, go through those games, like play it like Madden. If those guys are making catches – you know, if MVS is making a, makes that catch at the end of that game and scores that touchdown, they win that game. If Kansas City receivers could catch the ball, this is a totally different scenario. Kansas City's entrenched in the number one seed. My problem is, is though, I can't trust Buffalo because even though they have skilled guys who can catch the ball, they just choke it. So I I would say I got to take Mahomes' magic because it's a one-point game. Mahomes might – Pull something out and they win by they win by two field goal down by one kick three win it there it goes. Thought oh, you were that close. I thought you were that close. You that. thought I was gonna. You thought I was. I thought I was gonna bunk up at the at the penthouse, didn't you? Yeah. I was gonna bunk <laughs> up at the penthouse. No, no, I I can't. Uh, no, <laughs> no, can't touch them. No, no, no. Now, <laughs> if they win and beat Kansas City. Maybe next week I might say, okay, maybe I'll take, I'll stay at night at the fraudulent house. But no, not they got to show me something. And hey, this maybe, is the game. Maybe Kansas City gets your fraudulent champ next week. Oh, if, if they lose, then yeah, I think it's a three. There, there's, there's a, there may be a new member in the fraudulent penthouse right there. <laughs> I'm just loading them up. <laughs> loading them up. Um, so let's talk some playoff implications. There's a lot of them this this week. And there's some mm -hmm. games that are uh, directly the teams playing each other directly implicate one another. Uh, mm -hmm. One is one is my Colts, uh, and you know a couple of weeks ago I thought Cincinnati the Cincinnati game would probably be like okay this looks a lot easier than it did with Joe Burrow going down, but this Jake Browning kid looks pretty impressive. And we've been the Colts. I mean we we've been doing our we've been doing what we're supposed to. We've been grinding out the wins. We've been winning ugly, but mm -hmm. we've really been shaky. 
in these wins. Like some some of these wins, I'm like, okay, I'm glad we won, but ooh, that was a little too close for comfort. So and and, and this Browning kid, I I, don't, I really like this kid. So I'm I'm not really as confident going to this one as as I was a little while ago. Browning, uh, you're, you're right. He's he's legit, and I think what kind of won me over was during that game against the Jags when he had that nice touch pass to Chase for the touchdown where I thought that ball was getting picked, and he just put the, the ball in the basket, and it was just after that, the kid was on fire. So maybe this is the this is the the game where he truly like comes out and everyone's like, all right, this guy's legit. Cause he, he was a winner in college. It wasn't like he was some guy oh, yeah. who was like the division two, you know, sacred heart university bum or something like that. You know, shout out, shout out to sacred heart, much love sacred heart pioneers. Um, I think they're division one. I'm not, I don't mean to disrespect you guys, but, um, Here's the thing with the Colts. This is it. As long as Minshew plays clean, you guys can win. It seems it's a tale of two halves. The first half, he lights it up. The hair is flowing. It's like, all right, here we go. And then the second half, he's throwing balls where no one would ever throw them. And he just, it's like, thank God you're up by 20 points because you just gave up 19 because this guy's just giving the ball back. So I've actually seen exactly that script the other way around too, as well this year. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's one of those things where are the Colts mentally built to win the games they have to win? Cause now this is, this is the time. This is the time we got four, four, we got like four weeks left or five weeks left. Can you win the games you have to win when it comes to Cincinnati? There's talent, but, you got to go with Jake and can he deliver? Can he keep you in, keep you in contention? I think Cincinnati would love some help because it would be different if it was, if it was Joe, if it was Joe Shiesty. Cause at that point you're like, all right, Joe, just take us, take us to the promised land and you'll live and die on that arm. Everyone's saying the great things. Of course, when a young quarterback has that one game right off the bat where it's, Ooh, look at that. He's good. And then he craps out for three or four weeks afterwards so that's what this comes down to the Colts can limit limit mistakes and their defense plays as well as they have they can win but if it's a couple turnovers and this kid Jake is that guy who's going to be great throughout the rest of the year and be the new toy for everybody to love then there's a problem so well, I mean, they got, he's gotten a lot of help from the running game uh, in that Jaguars game. Mixon, Mixon had a great all round game at over 100 mm -hmm. purpose yards. Chase Brown, a rookie, was running bulldozers uh, when he came in to spell Mixon. Um, I mean, as far as we're concerned, our defense has played fantastic this year. And I, mm -hmm. I'm extremely surprised. Like, I knew we had a sound system. I knew we had good, I knew we had some talent there. But with the lack of pass rush that we have, I'm very, very impressed with this defense. If we actually had a pass rush, we'd probably we'd be the near the top of the league in defense. You guys have an your guys' pass rush is optimistic. Like at the right time is when it shows up. You know, it may not be a constant, but they'll get that strip sack or you know that fumble. It's just it all comes down to Uncle Rico. That's what it comes down to. Uncle Rico can't try to put balls in holes that they're not supposed to be in. No. And if he does that and Taylor continues to run well and run strong, you guys can win this game. 
There's yeah, no doubt about it. I think Taylor's got at least one more week till he's back. Um, but I mean, as I mean, as long as Moth, Moth, as long as Moth didn't get any <laughs> rust in since Taylor's return, he's. I mean, he's fine to. He's fine. And to that's key too. The they need to keep Moth sitting there too. He need. They need to use him, especially in the past game. Use them both. You've got two quality backs. This is what you need to do. They need to use them. Don't let Moss collect Moss. Nope, because if not, he's going to go somewhere else and collect some Moss in his pocket and cha-ching. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Different kind and of green. Um, That's right. The other, the other side of this AFC a South playoff picture is the fact that the Jaguars, coming off that loss to Cincinnati, uh, mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence is now a game-time decision going into this week's game against the Cleveland Browns. And you know what? You know, I, I was very upset at Cleveland early in the season. The league kind of gifted them a win that they shouldn't have gotten uh, at, our, at our hands. But they want to help me out a little bit. Uh, you know what? Because, now they're your best friend. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're... I, I'm kind of like, honestly, like I can kind of, I'm kind of in a win-win situation. As long as we take care of business, I'm kind of in mm -hmm. a win-win situation one way or the other. Because either Cleveland loses and that tiebreak doesn't matter. Because mm -hmm. we'll be a full game up on them, with us both sitting at seven five at the moment, or uh, Jacksonville loses, and I know Jacksonville has a tiebreak. Of course, they swept us, but then we'll be dead even at uh, at eight at eight and five. This reminds me. Your situation reminds me of one of those '90s high school rom coms. You know, like <laughs> all of a sudden you and the you and like the jock or the bully have to become friends because now you have a common enemy and then at the end of the end of it all y'all are friends and hanging out and you know partying it up <laughs> um that's that's what this reminds me of so uh jacksonville's in a heap of trouble yeah i don't i'm not I, a fan uh, of cj bethard <laughs> oh yeah i'm i'm sure he's gonna light it up like this is this isn't pretty right here, and then don't forget um, they don't have freaking um, Kirk either. He's out with a core injury, which was crazy to see him get hurt with no one around him. Like I was like, what the heck happened? But you know these things happen. They they've got to somehow figure it out. They got to get a run game going. They're gonna have to ground and pound it. I don't know if they're built for that. So and, and not easy to do against Cleveland's defense, which is probably still right. the number one unit in the league. <laughs> but to Jacksonville's, to their credit, I don't know who's starting quarterback for Cleveland. Is it Flacco? I think it'll. Well, I think because unless DTR is healthy again this week, it'll they'll probably still stay with Flacco. So then, basically, you got Flacco, who went like just over two hundred yards last week, and. There are a couple ducks he threw up, so it's like Jacksonville. If that's the case, maybe Jacksonville is you know somehow scrapes scrapes a win together, but they're in a heap of trouble. They're in a heap of trouble right now. They need to. You can't and you can't rush Lawrence back. You can't rush him back. If his ankles like that, then it's then it's you just gotta let him heal. Guys have tried to come back from high ankle sprains and such, and it just doesn't work. We gotta be smart. Which team, Sands quarterback, has? A, a better supporting cast that kind of limp carry the carry their limping selves through across the finish line. Oof. Wow. 
I'm going to say Cleveland just because of the run game. You know, they've got they got two backs who, you know, one one's a they got Ford who's a bruiser. And then you got Kareem Hunt who can, you know, take a, you know, a 5-yard pass and, you know, turn it, take it to the house. You know, so I think they're built a little better now. Jacksonville, you know, no, they've got, you know, weapons, you know. They got, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I'm taking Cleveland. I think Cleveland is better, battle-tested, ground, ground and pound. I'm taking them. And it's just the quarterback situation just muffles everything up so bad. Like, it really does. Like, this could be the week Flacco all of a sudden throws for 320 yards, and all of a sudden everyone's like, oh, remember those that, that run with the Ravens, you know, Joe was incredible, blah, blah, blah. Joe Cool, you know. So I think Cleveland in the run game, but, you know, the Jacksonville defense is solid too. It, it's just whoever doesn't make the most mistakes is going to win this thing. And which which outcome of this game do you think best benefits my Colts? Wow. Um, you think it's better for us to leapfrog Cleveland and have that game back, or do you think it's better – to be tied with Jacksonville and hope for another Jags loss to keep us in the division hunt. I think leapfrog. I think you go ahead, you know, like you want the best outcome possible. Cause I think that at that point, it's a situation where you guys are sitting there saying, you know what? We're the real deal. There we are. We're legit. We're good. We can win the division. We, you know, like you, you want the best outcome, you know, the tie is nice and all, but why not go for a straight here? We are, we're running the division. Now, the flip side of that is saying, okay, Uncle Rico, don't be stupid now. Mm. We've got we've got it. Yeah, we've got like four, four weeks or so left. We need to look at what we've got and what can we do not to lose it. Right. You know, and I think you just got to look more just what's going to get us in the playoffs. If it's not the division. If it's wild card, then so be it. Because once you get into the dance, anything's, anything's possible. Let's uh, stay in the south but kick it over to the NFC side. Um, oh Lord! And here, your your Tampa Bay Bucks. We were starting to um get ready to write the swan song for the season, but here they are in a position where they could um springboard themselves back into first place. Uh, now you I'm did lose to Atlanta you. earlier, so this would split the mm -hmm. divisions, split the season yes. series, and you'd be yes. deadlocked in first place. Right, and I'll take that. Um, I I'm telling you, man, this Bucks team is just I don't know, man. It's it's either it's either it's great or it's what the heck is going on. Um, first of all, congratulations, Mike Evans. Another 1,000-yard season. The man is Hall of Famer. Everyone show the man respect and love. One of the one of the true elite wide receivers in the league. Give him his credit. Um, people try to dump on Baker, but you just can't. The man just keeps us in games. He really does. Like For every one pick he'll throw, he just somehow delivers a ball. As long as we're healthy, we've got a shot, as with almost anybody except Carolina in this division. But I think <laughs> – poor Carolina. But I just feel that we have just enough to pull it out. Now, Atlanta, it's it's whatever you're going to get from the quarterback. You know, now, as long as Bijan's playing, they give, they give them a shot. Their defense is decent. It's just what, what what's the quarterback play. In this game, I think it's whatever quarterback makes the least mistakes – um is gonna is gonna basically go a long way we need to run the ball you know we're starting to show a little more life in the run game but it's just gonna be 
what team, you know, doesn't make the mistakes. And it's a toss-up. I don't know. I would love to say without a doubt, yeah, we can take Atlanta, but I don't. I just don't know because we have those games where we're great, and then we have games where it's like, what are you doing? What are you? This that's what are you doing, man? You know, like in that Atlanta game, we could have won that game, but we didn't. So now our backs are against the wall, and we got to win. We got to win out. Every game is a playoff game, especially in the NFC South. What kind of helps is you know New Orleans is banged up, and Atlanta, you don't know what you're going to get. They barely beat the Jets, so it's like, all right. All right, we just got to come up with a solid plan and see what happens. But this game, I think, tells the tale for the division. Well, speaking of the Saints and speaking of the division, this really is effectively a three-horse race, especially mm-hmm. if your Bucks win, because Carolina, excuse me, New Orleans gets effectively the second bye week of the season this week playing Carolina Panthers, and Tampa wins. New Orleans handles business, which they should because it's Carolina. Uh, everyone six and seven. So, uh, how, I mean, how does that shake out? We, you know, not, we haven't really looked at the uh, tie-breaking situations, but how, like, how does a, three, uh, a three-headed race at six and seven shape out to, for the real favorite of this division? I think that's, that's – at this point, the way the season's gone, you couldn't ask for anything else. You, you, you have a chance. At this point, you sit there and you say, okay, we control our destiny. If we don't, if we don't win out, if we don't do what we need to do, then we can only look to ourselves, you know. And they then all we begin the. <laughs> oh yeah, they yeah they definitely all they definitely all can say that, you know. Everyone was ready to give New Orleans the division in the preseason. Oh, they're you know the complete team. Car is this, car is that, and now it looks like Jameis could play this week. You know, so it's one of those deals where you're like, all right, well, we're not out of it yet, so let's. Let's see what happens. You know, we won that division 8-9 last year. It's not how you want to go about it, but like I said, as long as you get into the dance, anything can happen. You know, you hope, you know, we've got some guys nicked up. Just hope they're healthy, and you just go in and just do the best you can. Yeah, and that will really shape up the rest of the season with, you know, four games left or whatever. Is that mm-hmm. six and seven, you really just need to go 500 to hold serve at last year's pace. And exactly. there's, a lot of, there's a lot of divisional games. I think I can't, can't remember the combination, but one of the combinations in this division still have two games against each other. Yeah. So it's just, you got to win out. You got to go in and just assume that you've got to win out to make it. And you go in with that mentality and, you know, hopefully, you know, your team comes out on top. Yeah. Now, I mean, Derek Carr is an interesting situation because if he was the Derek Carr that Vegas saw for several years, then New Orleans really would have been running away with his division. But this year, he really hasn't looked any better than Jameis, than, than what we know Jameis historically has. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. He, he, he hasn't looked good. They've had injuries. Um, it's just, I think everyone just looked, oh, and Michael Thomas has been out, you know, so it's, they've had their issues. And I think everyone was quick to say, okay, well, you know, just on paper, they look to be the best. So here it is. And, you know, that's, you know, as procrastinate, procrastinate. What are we, what are we, prognosticators? That's what Prognosticating. we are. Yep. Yeah. And that's what you do, you know. But, yeah, it just goes to show you that just because that's what you see, you know, preseason and what's on paper doesn't, that's not the product you're going to get. And I honestly think, especially in the Saints case, you need to look at that team and say, you know what, 
there needs to be an overhaul. Like, really, you need to look at that team and say, you know what? These aren't the Drew Brees Saints and move on. You just can't stick a you know, Band-Aid on it and think, yeah, you're going to win the division. This proves the point. And Atlanta, they have talent. If, you know, Desmond Ritter could play up to what they thought he was, they very well could have been a good couple games ahead of the division. play up to half of what they thought he was. <laughs> well, that, and if they played actually Bijan and yeah. didn't have him disappear for like three games, then we'd be talking a different story, you know? So what? it's one of those things where one of these, one of these three teams is going to have to go on a mini run. What what do you what do you got coming out of this one? Do you think we will have a three team tie atop the NFC South on Monday morning? Wow. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm. I'm, I'm Saints going, take yes, care I'm... of business. Tampa grits it out. Yep, that's what I'm going with. I think Tampa Falcons is going to be one of those games where one play just one play makes it happen. Um, Saints have got to be able to beat Carolina. If they don't beat Carolina, then there is a problem there. And I think t- people will start to say, well, maybe the head coach isn't the guy either. So, yeah. You know, so, but no, I'm thinking they'll be wake up Monday morning and going, yeah, yeah, who wants what? Here it is, six and seven. Oh. <laughs> uh- Let's stay in the NFC and talk some wild card implications because it's a little bit of a mess. The Packers have the Packers have made this a mess because they've they've uh, flown their way back in, um, and the Rams have made this a mess too because they crashed the party too. So mm-hmm. I mean, you've got now a situation where the Rams are on the road against Baltimore. That's obviously not that's obviously a steep task to say the least. Least mm-hmm. the Vikings are on the road in Vegas, uh, three point favorites. Um, but uh, on the road, but off a bye, so who knows? Uh, and mm-hmm. the Seahawks really coming off not the greatest stretch, and getting beat down in that shootout with Dallas. They're they're getting a whopping thirteen points against the Niners. So the Rams sit in eighth, the Vikings sit in six. We know the five seed is locked up because it's whoever doesn't win the NFC East. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Seahawks are nice. The Seahawks looked like they were singing, flying pretty, uh, mm-hmm. not that long ago. And two of the two of these three teams are currently out of the playoffs. But the Rams have a tiebreaker over the Seahawks due to a season sweep of them. So, I, who who out of these three teams really does have the best shot to capture one of those last two wild card berths? Is it the Rams? Is it Minnesota? Is it Seattle? I. I'd like to say the Rams. It'd be kind of like a cool story, you know, a, you know, a bunch of young kids led by, you know, the the old man quarterback, one last ride kind of deal. I just don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think they have it because either their offense is on or it's not. So then you're leaving me, Seattle. Because we've also got a factor in the Packers too, and we'll, we can talk more about them yeah. on, our, uh, on the post game show because they play on Monday. But we've got we've got a factor in the Packers as well. Uh, you, I think right now you kind of have to say Seattle. They feel like the more complete team to yeah. me, but it's whether they can do it. You know, they've got. I think they have enough pieces to do it. Like they're not a bad team, but yeah, after that Dallas drubbing, you. You kind of know what you're going to get with Seattle. 
And I think it's enough to grab that playoff spot, but they've got to just, they got to win. And schedule, of course, plays a big factor too. And we can get mm-hmm. into this more on the post game show, but they're coming off the game against Dallas. They got the Niners now. So they do not have a favorable schedule right uh, at the moment. And the, and the Packers do. So you almost have to think edge Packers to get uh, one of those spots. So there's really just one spot available for these three clubs. At this point, you almost flip a coin and say, okay, you put Seattle on one, the Rams on the other. Like you said, Seattle's schedule isn't exactly, you know, the, the best. So they're going to have to pull off something, you know, and, you know, being down, you know, 13 to the Niners isn't exactly the way to start this run, but stranger things have happened. You know, it's the NFL, you know, but, um, I say Seattle just because they're a little more complete, but if the Rams were to somehow pull this out, I wouldn't be surprised either. Do you, do you think we're not going to have any clearer picture on this discussion after Sunday's over? Because, again, Rams are playing Baltimore. Seattle's playing San Francisco. Those are not looking like uh, logical wins. In theory, and, we're and saying Minnesota has Vegas. Well, obviously, they're not the best team, but they've played a lot better since Antonio Pierce took over. So you could have all three of them losing. And that's what I think is going to happen. I think what it is, is especially in that Vikings game, all those guys in Vegas love Pierce. I think they want him to be the guy going forward. So I think they're going to do everything in their power to win that game. And the Vikings, you know, we've been all about, you know, the astronaut, the man himself, Josh, you know, Mr. Dobbs himself. He's been, he's been a great story. No doubt about it. But before the bye, they they kind of faltered a little bit. You know, they they haven't there hasn't been real consistency in that offense. Now I don't know if if Justin's coming back for this game or if he's still you know sitting out till he's a hundred hundred percent from the injury. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I my gut tells me all three teams lose. No, no. Nothing figured out. Another week, nothing figured out. <laughs> no, because you know what? If it did, if it did, we'd be talking for like ten minutes, and the show would be over. Come on, that's now. right. And it would probably be an extra week at the end of the season that the NFL wouldn't have a storyline. <laughs> exactly, but they'd figure something out. The lights would yeah. go out. The turf would lift up. Something would happen. Yeah. Now we'll kick it over to the AFC because there's two more teams in the hunt for wild card spots that we have not mm-hmm. discussed. Uh, Houston is currently holding one of them due to that atrocious loss by the Pittsburgh Steelers this week to the Patriots. <laughs> honestly, oh, actually, I, I, I couldn't, honestly, I, I couldn't pick a team I would have rather lost in that game because I hate both of them. <laughs> actually, I'm glad you said that because that brings me to my third team in the fraudulent <laughs> penthouse. Welcome, Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Mr. Oh, the greatest co- greatest 500 coach of all time couldn't beat Mr. Zappy and the sad, sad New England Patriots. <laughs> I thought they were going to hang 40 on them. For some reason, the Patriots forgot offense in the second half, but it didn't matter because the Steelers couldn't do squat still anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, Steelers, nice move, nice move. Basically, just wrote yourself out of the playoffs in theory, really. Losing to New England. New England's still sticking it to you in New England sub-500. Think about it. 
uh, way sub 500. <laughs> like at this point, I think they're a top five pick right there, man. It's gonna, it's gonna be great to see, but like really, Belichick still sticking it to guys, even though he sucks. But we digress. Yes. So yeah, Houston's Houston sitting in that last spot. You know what? Houston's doing what Houston does now. They've got some injuries there, you know. Um, Tanks hurt. He's out for the year. I think broken fibula. So that I think that affects the offense a little bit. So it's they don't fear anybody, and I I love that about that team. They're young. They think they can beat anybody, and I think that's going to help them through the rest of the season. They just got to win. Point blank. They just have to win. Um, they're not. They're a young team, so of course you know those young things come up. But they're not a bad team. They're just young, and if you know, Ryan's can keep their head straight. They could be. They could be walking into the playoffs. So, yeah, so I mean, they're holding that spot, but still kind of in the bubble. I mean, like, like I said, right. they're holding that spot just because Pittsburgh's. Uh, uh, uh. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> The other the other team on the bubble is a team that we had fun kicking around and rode off pretty early on. This then Denver Broncos. They went on a hell of a run, five game winning streak at one point uh, before hitting the skids. And now they go to the, the other uh, resident tenant of your fraudulent penthouse. That's Los Angeles Chargers, <laughs> and uh, they're I guess they're still technically on the bubble. They're grasp, uh, grasping for life, but I mean. Denver's the dog here on the road. Uh, Houston's the favorite, also on the road. So, I mean, how does this shake up? I mean, we kind of figure Houston will take care of business because it's the Jets. Uh, but will Denver take care of business and stay in contention, or is this kind of, or are the do the charge are the charge do the Chargers have kind of like one last one one last uh, fight punter's chance? Denver's gonna win by like twenty. I can't trust I can't trust the Chargers for anything. <laughs> they only put up six against New England, so you're telling me here that they're all of a sudden they're gonna wake up on Saturday morning on Sunday morning and the offense is gonna be there raring to go. Come on. I can't trust the Chargers <laughs> for anything. All right, so it won't be twenty points, but you know, I could see I could see Denver pulling it out by three, you know, or something like that. Basically how this shapes up is Denver's Denver, so we, we really don't have any expectation. Like, okay, this was like the year where, you know, new coach and stuff, they were going to try to figure it out. They started out absolutely ridiculously bad. Then, you know, like you said, they caught they caught fire. So we're still trying to figure out what's good, what they're going to be going forward. Chargers, they lose this game. I'm sorry, man. Coach is gone. He's got to be gone. Party's got to be over. At that point, you've probably written yourself out of the playoffs. Time for a new voice. This was, is this is his job. I was going to ask. We have to have the Brandon Staley watch. I mean, that is like what's the what? I mean, this this has to be the week, right? It's they may if they know they're out of the playoffs, they may just finish it off. Let give let the guy you know get a couple more paychecks or whatever, and then move on from him. But yeah, if they lose this game, it's got to be the okay. Black Monday's coming soon. You're gone. Like it has to. Like this team with all this talent has just underachieved beyond belief do you think i mean do you think kellen moore is taking any kind of hits to his reputation the fact that like it, it's still his offense even though he's not the head coach it's still his offense or do you think he's just kind of like 
going in kind of hush hush three quarters that three quarter only three quarters effort because he's not because because he knows this because he knows Staley's a, a, a walking uh stake in dead man walking yeah 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 sorry <laughs> we're, we're escaping <laughs> you know here's the thing not necessarily because it's the players around the field they got to perform too you know it's not all just you know the the coaching yeah I'll I'll give I'll give Staley that but at the end of the day, I think his voice has just fallen on deaf ears. I think they need a little, a little life, a little something. Maybe, maybe he has a hand in the offense that we don't really know about either. Maybe he's like, nope, I don't like that play. Let's do something else. We don't know. Maybe Moore just hasn't been able to use his full complement in the playbook. Plus, don't forget he's had some wide receivers injured and stuff. So I'll give you, I'll give you that. I, you know, I'll give you that part. But it's your decision making that's that's ruined you. Going for it on fourth downs like it's nothing, like it's a game of Madden because you can just hit the reset button and such. So, no, I think, I think once what's his name's gone, I think the plan is they're just gonna let this play out, and Kellen Moore is gonna be the golden boy for at least the first year. I think you'll see that offense all of a sudden explode and such. But no, nah, if they don't win this game, it's gotta be party over. Gotta be. What? How do you think the AFC wild card is going to look after this week between Indy, maybe Cincy, Cleveland, Houston, Denver, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh even? But where I know we're having, having no. I, I, at this point, I don't. I don't even put Pittsburgh in the conversation. I just. I don't. You can't trust them. I, it's really tough. They. Not counting not count the Denver Chargers game. Houston has a winnable game as long as they can keep, you know, CJ upright. Because, you know, Jets have a great defense. It's just their offense that's anemic. Hmm. Um, so, Cincy, it's – they kind of, you know, they it's up to them. You know, they've got to survive. They have to hope that Jake can, you know, play decent ball. So, come Monday, I think – you kind of see where everybody's at and then you go from there this is the week where everybody's got to perform you're going to see who's who want i think you see the coaching preparation you see who wants it and who just doesn't have it so i think this is this is the week where you can kind of say all right i believe this team this team this team this team don't let's get rid of them and just let it ride well we let it ride let's ride let's ride <laughs> and uh you know what Ugh. I really wanted to, I, as much as I enjoyed seeing the Steelers lose, I really wanted to see the Patriots get a 10th loss because every moment of this season has been so rewarding for me to watch them crash and burn. But, you know what? Alas, I'll take a Steelers loss too. That's that's perfectly okay in my book. Bucks McGee. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a heck of a week already. Just off, just off the fun we had with that and off the fun we've had in this conversation. We'll be live after, we'll be live after the games conclude to break them all down. Uh, this game, this show, as always, airs uh, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Eastern on YouTube and Rumble, and our sidecar show a few hours earlier on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll be live after game. Bucks VA, take us up. Week 14, guys. If your teams are in the hut, good luck. If not, hey, you know, get ready. You know, start polishing off that, you know, draft pick status. Figure out who you want. Everyone knows the college football playoffs are hot mess, so see where you guys are going to fall. Nutmeg, it's been awesome. Can't wait to see what happens. And 
who knows, maybe by the end of all this, you guys are sitting in first place looking all pretty.